Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Creative Control with Beach Comic. Wow, a Sunday podcast. Some would call this social media suicide, launching a podcast episode on a Sunday night. But what do you... I didn't have a choice. There were some technical issues uh, last week. I wanted to have this out on Friday. It didn't work out. So now it's... it's but it's ready. You know what? Here's the thing. My guest on the podcast for this episode is Josh Cloak. He's the author of a brand new book about the tragically hip called Escape is at Hand. And on Monday, June 24th, I am hosting his book launch at the supermarket in Toronto. So I want to get this podcast out before that. And as I say, sometimes things happen. But still, you're about to hear me and Josh down at the Speed River in Guelph, Ontario, having a chat about the Tragically Hip and this new book, Escape is at Hand. So buckle up, you know, forget about Mad Men or whatever the heck you were going to watch tonight. Just listen to this podcast. It's fun. You know what? Listen to the podcast and do watch Mad Men too. Why not? You can do both. Okay, check it out. This week's episode of Creative Control with Vish Khanna is brought to you by the Eden Mills Writers' Festival, which celebrates its 25th anniversary this September 13th to 15th in the beautiful village of Eden Mills, just outside of Guelph, Ontario. Over the last quarter century, the festival has grown into a nationally acclaimed and widely respected literary event dedicated to promoting and raising awareness of Canadian literature both young, emerging authors and writers, and very well-established ones, and they have a very exciting program planned for this year. For more information about the festival, visit EdenMillsWritersFestival.ca. I think these geese are angry because the geese over there by that end of the speed river are right. very angry but these ones they seem relatively tranquil well because there's i don't think there's any like baby geese that's what i was nervous about when i saw those those two smaller geese i try and stay away from them right because i think when you know once you get within like a three foot radius the mother's kind of 
get yeah. motherly. Yeah. And um, so that's why I think maybe these are the, the elderly geese who are... They're just chilling in the, yeah. in the water. I, 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 it was odd that I made a beeline right towards the family of geese with the baby. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I, I was totally aware of that there were baby geese, but we were talking and I was going to just sit there. Look, now those other geese, they can hear us talking about them and right. they're walking this way. Well, you're a family man. I guess you flock to, yeah. to folks like you or things like you. And see, and there you go. And there's the little uh, well, there's a guy, child. There's a guy feeding them. I don't know if that's right. You're not supposed to feed the Oh, now there's a city truck coming. They, they're is, probably going to tell them not to feed the geese. Are you supposed to feed geese? I used to, um, but I, I used to just have like a handful of... I, I think I used to feed seagulls, though, with like a handful oh, of breadcrumbs. Why I, did you feed the seagulls? I, it was my uncle. He was, a, he was a real troublemaker, and he I was hanging out with him. And uh, Your uncle is a, actually... A, he, he plays a role in your book. It's an, it was another uncle, but yes. Oh, this, different uncle. Yeah, okay. This, right. um, this uncle does. He... Um, um, he does play a big role because I think everybody is really entitled to have a cool uncle, right? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's a real important part of of growing up. Not not to take anything away from my other uncles or my father, but um, you know, as I write about in the book, my uncle kind of um, he he outed me as being a huge hip fan more than than you know your average music fan. He um, he would catch me singing along and, and dancing along in, in ways that, you know, most fans don't. And um, <laughs> and uh, I, th- I, um, I had tickets to a hip show and I had kind of exhausted all my other options as far as friends and, and concert mates. And, and I, asked, um, I asked my uncle because I felt in some weird way like I should pay him back because he was the one that actually introduced me to the band in a weird way. Um, so I took him and we had a great time and we, um, we went to the Hilton in Hamilton beforehand and there was the Practically Hip who, I, and they play a lot in Guelph. Yeah, they, they used to. That's right. Yeah. I see, I see their name on the, uh, on the ba- on the marquee for the, uh, Guelph concert theater right. sometimes. So, um, so they were playing a show and, um, uh, I think you have, when you go to a concert, uh, especially one that's, um, that holds, you know, emotional weight with you, you should go for some, with someone who really is encouraging mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um so he took me and we went to the hilton before the show it saw the practically hip and they were um offering up free tickets to the following night's show and free hotel to anybody who could do their best gord downey impersonation and um i i was i wasn't nervous at all because i guess i had my uncle there and, um, so Your uncle I, was a, a kind of security blanket for you there. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, and, nothing but strangers, and you're flailing about like Gord Downey. And I won. And I, and I you could, won. I, yeah. I, you know, there was a lot of people kind of uh, middling about on the, the dance floor, but I took it upon myself to hop on the stage. Uh, it was That was probably my first act of catharsis, I guess. Um, and... Uh, I kind of, I think at one point they were playing "Twist My Arm," and I think I kind of grabbed the microphone from Dean, the the practically practically hips lead singer, and uh, <laughs> it just it felt right. And uh, I, I I won. The guy kind of the guy that was organizing it called me off stage, and he said, "You can stop now." Yeah, You've you didn't won. even know you'd won. You, no, you had to be told that you won. And, yeah, and, and basically told to stop. Yeah, to, for your own safety and others around you. Yeah, so I was ejected due to uh, exuberance. So um, that's the best way to be object- I, ejected. I, I think. I think so. Yeah. And um, yeah, I remember looking out at my uncle afterwards, and he ha- he had to just kind of pick his jaw up off the ground. Um, Never seen that side of you. No, 
No, and I think that was kind of the first step, right? Once you you always know yourself when you're a you know, huge fan and obsessed fan, but you have to reveal that part of yourself to to, you know, your friends and your family in small doses. And so that was the first bit. That was the first time that that really happened. So that was the beginning of the end, I guess, <laughs> in a weird way. <laughs> the book is uh, Escape is at Hand, mm-hmm. which is named after one of my favorite Tragically Hip songs, Escape is at Hand for the Traveling Man, uh, from the album Phantom Power. And we're, we're here at the Speed River. Why is this significant? Well, I spent um, four... We're not in the Speed life. River, by the way. We're at the we're on the banks of we're the Speed on, River. We're on the banks. I could almost put my feet up here, but yeah, um, yeah. I spent four years studying in Guelph, and that was um, that was an important time, just because I I had the kind of freedom to to move around, and um, it was from Guelph that I you know took my first few trips south of the border to go see the Hip, which is kind of a rite of passage. But um, <laughs> Guelph also introduced me to you know, I, there was a lot of bands that I got into only because they were associated with the hip. Bands like Julie Dwaron and Constantine's, and um, these bands would come and play Guelph afterwards. And so for me, it was a way of kind of exposing myself to, to music that wasn't just the hip, which I think is, is what the hip probably would want their fans to be exposed yeah, to. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it was... Um, it was important. So Guelph's great, and I would all find myself coming back here quite often to just hang out, be with the geese, and uh, yeah. learn about, uh, I guess, what it takes to be in a family. <laughs> right, and, and being a part of a family is a key part of your book, but mm-hmm. you're, you're part of an extended family in mm-hmm. terms of fandom for the hip. And mm-hmm. what is it about that band? I mean, I know you, go, you, you discuss this quite thoroughly mm-hmm. in your book, but can you, in a nutshell, sort of describe what it is about this band that has, you know, so inspired you to go see them in so many different places? Well, I guess it's just that. I mean, this is a band that doesn't... They, they're they quite a demanding band when you think about it. You can't just go... I, I guess a lot of people say they can, but to me, you can't just go see a hip show, um, you know, pay your whatever cost for the ticket, buy your beer, and then call it a night. I think there's... Um, <laughs> There's a lot. This this band has just worked so hard to to forge a legacy, and they've kind of they're they're pretty they're they've got an indelible sound, and um, they have made great efforts to get out there and, and play as often and wherever they can. And for me, that was um, that was pretty inspiring because that taught me about places around the world, and that taught me about um, you know places that I should go, and it kind of here's a band that hasn't quit. Here's a band that, that um, for all intents and purposes, they hit their creative peak about, you know, 13, maybe 15 years ago. Hmm. But they're still playing. They're not of... They haven't been relegated to a, a casino act. Um, they're putting out great, great new records. They're, they're trying. And for me, that was pretty inspiring to, to uh, just be around a band and follow a band that, that wouldn't ever quit, regardless of... I guess what other people thought of them. Well, what makes you say that they reached their creative peak so long ago? I mean, just I, I appreciate your obje- objectivity because right. you're a super fan, but you can you you sort of see it that way. Why why is that? Why do you why do you suppose that is? I, I mean, in the same breath, you say they're still making great records. Yeah, I shouldn't I shouldn't say um, they hit they definitely hit their peak um, as far as mass popularity. Yeah, um, I 
my favorite records were being put out, um, you know, in the late 90s. Um, records like Phantom Power. Um, I guess I should take that back. Then, I mean, <laughs> well, you know. No, after- no, I, I actually appreciate your honesty about it because I think, you know, when people ask me who my what my favorite period of Bob Dylan's is or right. my favorite Beatles record or something or Shellac or Fugazi or whoever I love, I can't really pin it down per se. I mean... I, I can probably say, well, if you need an entry point, here you go. But I, I would have a, a hard time. That's just my nature. I just would have a hard time being like, this is definitely the best thing. I can, I, without a doubt, I think, um, you know, Phantom Power is their, their greatest record. It's just such um, it, it can be such an overwhelming record. It's so, so layered. And to me, that was really important because that was the first record that I kind of started going to see or you know around those tours those that was when i started to go travel and see them aha that's significant right because that's a context thing for you absolutely but what i guess and then their next two records 2000 and and 2002 uh music working in violet light these are not these are are strange records in that they're they're taking risks and let's face it a lot of these risks don't pay off the ones that do they've got huge payoffs um Mm -hmm. So I think they stopped making those those classic kind of chunky, um, really meaty hip records mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in the late '90s, um, and I think that's what a lot of fans crave. Um, but I think um, the late 2000s, they kind of I I don't know if they regained their stride, but they started maybe just getting back to basics. And um, again, let's uh, I I would like to. I, I I will champion any band that that takes risks and and you know dips their feet in different waters and the Speed and, River for, yeah for one for yeah, sure. for example and um and and for me that's that's always been important and I think for a lot of hip fans that's been really important. You 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 represent a lot of hip fans by writing this book and it's a very vivid account of one man's sort of journey into I suppose manhood and and sort of seeing the world. The tragically hip fan base I think has been. I think at this point, rather unfairly maligned over the years. Uh, what's your take on the fan base generally? I mean, is it, I mean, even that is sort of it's so reductive to generalize a fan base. But what do you make of that? The fact that their fans have actually been criticized for their love of the band. Yeah, I remember uh, my first show. Um, I was already at um, you know before I'd even seen the band live. I was already part of their um, online community, and I remember um, asking other fans like how many drinks do you have before show because i'd heard these terrible (laughs) terrible rumors about these thick-necked um rugby fans um who would go to to shows and they would um they would get entirely too drunk and they would um you know ruin the the performance for smaller um you know glasses toting fans like me sure but um after a while um and and this also comes from having conversations with the band. I learned that their fans, um, again, like you said, can't be generalized, except for the fact that they're just pure music lovers. There's not really a, a scene involved with the hip anymore. You don't go to a hip show because you read about them on, on Pitchfork or, or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. you go to a hip show because there's such a dedication to craft. And um, I've heard... Gord has, has mentioned this, you know, more often than not. We've got all the geese coming our way now, eh? I know. I might. Yeah, the, the, it's pretty remarkable. They're all swimming. They're 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 just they're swimming. 
You know, they're, they're, are they swimming? They're floating? What do they they're, do? They're floating. They're, they're, they're floating, floating with the tide. But, yeah, um, it's nice. <laughs> young, young and old, not unlike hip fans. Young and old geese coming our way. Yeah, um, yeah. They, but, I think they're enjoying our conversation about community. But that's just it. I mean, you should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hip fans, um, you go to a hip fan and you can see, um, you can see grandparents, you can see children, you can see people of every color you know, shape. And it's, that's, to me, that's, that's really cool. Um, because you, I don't know if, if people, I think a, more Canadians than not have seen the band in, in whatever form, but the fact that they keep coming back means that, um, they're not there to, to just say, Oh, I've seen the band and that's it. Yeah. They're there because they want to be. And I think there's a lot of fans that feel they need to be because the hip just have this ability to put the music first and foremost. I've heard Gord a number of times lately saying he's taken the Howl and Wolf approach where he wants to leave everything on stage and be just, he wants to feel so exhausted yeah. when he walks off stage. And listen, people respect that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you maybe saw a few bands uh, on the weekend at North by Northeast that were there perhaps just because they had to be. Mm-hmm, perhaps, you know, they, they didn't really want to be um the hip don't clock in and clock out they're they're there to play a show and i think um and I the think, best show they can yeah and i think people people flock to that and they've flock like geese exactly they've <laughs> um they have this incredible ability to um, one ge- that that goose is just staring at us he just will not stop staring at us he's very curious about what we're this is not a public talk sir maybe he's not a phantom power fan maybe he's got yeah Maybe he's got his own. Um, he's got his own favorite. Uh, he's a fan of the early stuff. Yeah, maybe, maybe. He's a thick-necked, um, up to here fan. <laughs> you know the hip. Um, like I said, they leave everything on stage, and um, there's, there's. I think people are realizing now that there's more to this band than you're fully, completely. You're, you're up to here. You know your your hundredth meridian, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is a band that I I felt is often taken for granted. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as uh, and I've mentioned this before, they're the band you hear at at backyard barbecues, they're the band you hear at the cottage. But I think fans are realizing that there's a lot more to this band. There's a language that they speak, and uh, I guess I wanted to translate it from the other side of the stage. Now, you've got this uh, book launch coming up on uh, June 24th at the supermarket. 
In Toronto? Uh, in yep. Toronto, that's right. Uh, what can you tell us about what we can expect there? Because I'm actually going to be there. Vish has um, graciously... Um, I, I'd never formally met Vish before today. We met a few years ago at a, at a show at a, a second-hand clothing store. I don't know if you remember. Family thrift store? Yeah. What was we the show? Uh, I believe they were then called Friday Morning's Regret. Oh, uh, The Wooden Bonetta. Sky. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, but uh, I know you've always been a big fan, so I asked you to come along. But now, how did um, you know I was a big fan? I'm just curious. If, we, if we're going to get into the real nitty-gritty, I remember <laughs> reading uh, an exclaim. I took a greyhound. I was taking a greyhound back to Guelph from Toronto a few years ago. A greyhound not unlike today. And I was flipping through exclaim, and you were writing about In View, um, which was the single off their 2006 record. Yeah. And you said it sounded good. I think you said it sounded like Arcade Fire. And, Did um, I? Huh. I? Yeah. Interesting. I don't know if I. And also, I think that was an I. Was that not an I weekly? It could. It could have been. Yeah. It I don't know been. if I. Did I say Arcade Fire? I. I love that song. Arcade Fire esque. I think it might have been. I something think like I that. remember thinking. Uh, well, I was asked to write uh, something about my favorite songs of the year. Right. And I chose In View as one as my favorite song of the year because I, I thought it was a really great pop song. It was. It was a. I'm. I'm cringing because I wasn't a huge fan um, of that song of that song of yeah. that kind of I, I felt like it was um, it was a bit forced but again this but, is but to me that was their the kind of like I think they aren't known I think what I probably wrote at the time was that they aren't known for writing these hooks mm-hmm. when in reality all their songs have these crazy hooks and mm-hmm. choruses and they're anthemic in their own way but this one was just a I liked it because it was just a pop song. Mm-hmm. Not just a pop song, but it was like a, a really well-arranged, thoughtful pop song. And it just grabs me. I still sometimes catch myself humming the chorus or, or bridge of that song uh, to myself. I, just, I, I, really, I really enjoyed it. And that's Bob Rock, I, who I think had a, a real... Um, he really caused a divide in, in hip fans. Sure, um, sure. What he did to the band. You know, I'm sure Metallica fans might agree as well um but again this just comes back to what we were talking about taking chances yeah. which is something that i think the band should be uh commended for but uh getting back to the launch <laughs> sorry it's I... no i was just curious why you approached me but I, I do appreciate being involved and have you heard from the hip camp at all they have wished it well okay. i think um you know like what we're doing we're uh i've teamed up with a very very good friend of mine um Adam Kessick, who also went to Guelph. We've been lifelong friends. He studied publishing at Ryerson. Mm-hmm. I'd shopped the book around, and, and I had some bites, but um, I just had this kind of sense of urgency. I just returned back from a year and a half abroad, and I said, let's let's do this. So um, we got together and started up our own small publishing company called Eternal Cavalier Press. We want to put out books. Um, by Canadian writers um, telling stories of, of bands and artists that don't often get told. Um, you know, I'm not saying anything revolutionary, but just because books don't have mass market appeal, that doesn't mean there's not an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we decided to put this together and looked at uh, record labels that kind of did the same, like Arts and Crafts and Castle Faced, which, um, you know, started with putting out records by the bands that they love and the people involved in the label were involved in these bands. Um, so we're going to launch both the label and this book uh, at Supermarket, which the hip used to launch uh, Now for Plan A, their last record. Yeah, I went to one of those shows. Which is pretty cool. Did, uh, you, did you go to any of those supermarkets? I, no, I was in Australia at the time. Oh, okay. And that's so... They so did that, these pop-up shows. Mm-hmm. 
where they would play at random times during the day, like for like they'd play three songs, and that kind of culminated in a live set that they streamed online. Right. Yeah. So what did you think? I thought it was cool. Yeah. I was I thought it was really fun, and uh, I lined up like everybody else and went in, and they did three songs. One of them was new, and a couple of old ones, and it was great. So wh- when was the first time you saw them? If you don't mind me asking. The first time I saw the hip would have been at another roadside attraction in Markham, Ontario. Ooh, 95? 93. 93. Okay. And then I saw them again at Maple Leaf Gardens for the first uh, show there. With Odds and Change of Heart. That's right, for Day uh, for Night. Yeah. And uh, I've seen them a bunch since. So what have you noticed about the band, if you don't mind me asking? I, I really love to hear this kind of thing. What have you noticed about their evolution? Well, I think that, uh, I, as I say, they... I mean, my favorite record of theirs... Phantom Power is close, mm-hmm. but Day for Night is probably my favorite record. And Day for Night uh, was this sort of, I think, as you say, that we had all been in your book. You kind of mentioned this. We'd all been kind of inundated with rock radio playing hip songs, mm-hmm. and I was fully on board. I liked the songs; mm-hmm. they were great songs, and I like. I think Gord is, you know, you used the the term "taken for granted" or "underrated" maybe earlier, and uh, you know, I think Gord's a great songwriter and a mm-hmm. great singer, and the band. Uh, is also, I think, underrated. I think some people kind of... Uh, I don't know why. It's the music fans I grew up with, some of them saw what was there and, and appreciated, and others thought, it's just a bar rock band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, but I think they're... As you say, they, they've got a very idiosyncratic sound, and I think that uh, in immersing themselves uh, in different sounds, they've come up... Like, I mean, you can see it with how they program like things like Another Roadside Attraction, mm-hmm. the opening acts on their tour. There's more to this band than just what they put out. I think they're, they're, they have open ears. And I think in a lot of ways that comes through in, in their output. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've never been asked to really justify my love of the band, but I think that they are a unique force mm-hmm. and they've done a lot of great things and their music is great. And I mean, I, and I think... Part of my willingness to champion them when other people put them down is because I've seen them support their arts community mm-hmm. like few people mm-hmm. in their position have. I mean, they, they really got to a point where they were the biggest band in this country and could do whatever they wanted, and they took it that as an opportunity to make really challenging music, you know, challenge, I think, expectations that people have had of them. And they did that in terms of helping bands that you know, maybe some people would find harder to uh, access. And I think that's something that that, um, a lot of people, um, maybe not a a lot of of critics, but some critics have really taken to, um, in talking with Alan Cross, who wrote the foreword for the for the book um it's been a big big help and and what he's told me was that and it makes a lot of sense canadians um have a tendency to take those who succeed down a peg or two and he's you know he's he mentioned that it took a long time for canadians to really learn how to support successful canadian bands and artists mm-hmm. um and i think a lot i think the hip have really suffered from that but I think they almost revel in that because, um, you know, A, a lot of, like we've talked about, a lot of people say, well, what is this band besides 100th Meridian and New Orleans is sinking? I've heard those songs. You know, those are my dad's songs. I'm, I'm sick of hearing them on the radio. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more to this band. Um, but I think what the band themselves have done is saying, we understand that we've worked really hard to, to gain the respect. And if we can do anything 
the best we can do is pass this on. Bands like Sam Roberts' band, and, and as I mentioned, Constantine's, Joel Plaskett, bands that are now part of the Canadian canon. And uh, the first time, for better or for worse, the first time I heard of these bands was when they opened for the hip. I mean, the list goes on. You've got Arkells and, and these, these great, great bands that, that, uh, that owe a lot to the hip. I think they've, they've really been the, the connectors for me. Yeah, my parents were into them. Um, and I know people younger than me are into the hip. I think so. Uh, I think that's been. Really they have important. a certain. They have an influence, and I think they've wielded it well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we. So getting back to the original question, these geese are distracting. They are um, a little distracting. But they. Sure. Uh, so we're going to launch the book uh, June twenty fourth. We've got Jennifer Castle playing, who is a, a great, great singer songwriter. Um, she's got a great record out on Flemish Eye, and she's played with Bry Webb of Constantine's. She sang with um, with Fucked Up, and uh, we've got um, Adam, a publishing partner, who's going to do a little acoustic set first. But um, I think you and I can. Uh, I'm going to do some reading. We're going to have a chat, right? We're, yeah, and I, we're going to yeah. we're going to talk hip. We're going to talk legacy, talk CanCon, and I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think so too. Where can people get more info? Well, uh, we've got our website up, eternalcavalierpress.com. Um, pre-orders are going to be up for the book within the next day or two, and there's a few shops in Toronto, Soundscapes, uh, one of them that's agreed to stock the book. book will be available um, online, and, and hopefully if we can get, um, if we can get enough uh, you know, movement behind it, we can get it out to some other shops across the country. But um, starting small, hoping big, I think that's, that's the key. Josh, it's a very well-written and starkly honest and frank book. Thanks, and uh, I want to congratulate you on it. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the, your book launch and, and reading. I've been reading it on my little phone. Okay. You sent me, like, an attachment, you know? Yeah. I kind of want to read the, the actual book. So do I. <laughs> you haven't seen it yet either. I, I haven't yet. We're, um, oh, man, I hope it shows up. We're cutting it, we're cutting it close, but yeah. we uh, you know I know how many we'll shows I've been to lately where people, there's, like, a vinyl shortage? I might do a show on this. There's a vinyl shortage, and I go to all these record release shows, and people are like, yeah, we don't... We don't have it. We don't have the record. It's not here yet. I can... I don't... Sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned that. No, no, no. I've, I've, There's not I've, really a paper shortage as far as I know, but no, you, no, you no, never I've, know. I've, I've been to shows like that as well, and I, I can only imagine... I, I actually feel incredibly um, bad for these bands that have to do that, because I'm sure it's no fault of their own. I'm sure they... Took no, no, it isn't. Every, it, the, 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 all, these, all these manufacturing plants are sending out these apologies because they think they can get it done and people they just can't they can't keep up with the demand everyone's pressing vinyl again and more than they were i don't Mm -hmm. think it really ever stopped but yeah it's anyway this might be a show i might do a show on this at some point i want to i want to examine this but anyway your book's going to be fine i can't wait to read it Uh, best of luck best of luck thanks vish hey thanks again for checking out creative control with vish Khanna. you can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com that's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast 
on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.